up, Trapaholics? How you doing? Week five. We are officially into the second quarter of the fantasy season. Wow. We uh we have a good feel for how everyone's doing. We've had two teams finish up by another two more, Chicago and Tampa Bay, who, by the way, has a quarterback change as expected. Jameis Winston. The Fitz magic has ended. Fitz tragic has begun. Fitz and tragedy. It's, yeah, it's it's Winston time. The cycle, <laughs> the the endless cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick becoming a backup to excelling oh, to meme. like a starting quarterback to dropping back down to complete irrelevance again that means has begun. tremendous yeah. yes uh if you haven't uh maybe i'll find the link in the show notes what's yeah. up everyone we are the draftaholics i'm your host matt saboka at draftaholic and today in the fantasy porthole the circular screen here it's george sloten that's me at George Sloten, hey, to Jameis Winston, do not steal any more crab legs or you will be uh, benched. Yeah, there's a lot of things he should improve on, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that on this family-friendly episode. And I'm William Spinato yeah. at W Spinato on Twitter. Two N's, one T, and a W as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he got a W, that's a right. W. Yeah. finally got the five points in the draft. George, hey. the, the streak continues. Mm. Oh, man. In, in almost all of my leagues, the streak I, continues. I, you know... We were listening to the fantasy footballers, and I know one of them has a, a team in their league of record that just isn't working the way it, it... There's always a team that feels like it was a juggernaut right to start off. All the strategy was sound, and hey, that's, sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles in these games. That's what Daily chance. Fantasy is for, though, right? Like, let's win a million dollars instead, or maybe just eight bucks from my friends every week. Or that's right. Most weeks. Absolutely, yeah. Just <laughs> even small stakes, high stakes, doesn't really matter. Make fantasy football, make football fun on Sundays however we can. Yeah. Well, some teams are not having so much fun, mm. and I want to talk today a little bit about the NFL teams who are underachieving so far this season. We've got a couple of teams here who made the playoffs last year and find themselves at a 500 or below record. All of them in somewhat of a state of panic. Uh, the Steelers <laughs> last night got thoroughly outplayed by the Baltimore Ravens. I sure did. I really loved watching wow. that, as you guys all know. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you did. Uh, the Patriots had a get-right game yeah. against the vaunted Dolphins, who fell towards the sunken place, especially their quarterback, Ryan <sighs> Tannehill. Yeah, he tanked uh, me in two The other teams I can think of, the Vikings, who got shellacked on Thursday Night Football by the Rams. The Falcons cannot catch a break, and they lost to the Bengals on the rise as well. And the Eagles, just getting healthy, but they are also a 500 team. So, William, I'm going to shoot it to you first. Which of those teams do you think have the best chances of getting to the playoffs, even though they only have a 500 or worse record now? I'm going to go with the Falcons and the Steelers. I also like the Patriots and the Eagles, but just talk, talking in terms of offensive production so far, the Steelers have been either number one or number two so far in terms of plays run, and they're scoring a lot of points. Uh, I, I feel like they have just had some missed opportunities and gone up against you know the vaunted Ravens oh defense yeah but uh, also the Falcons they've been up there in terms of total offensive yards they put up more than 500 yards last week uh, I feel like they've just kind of like missed a couple of tough breaks I feel like when they get Freeman back Matt Ryan is slinging it it's it's gonna work out for for both of those teams for sure um, the Vikings actually are scaring me a little bit you know first of all the performance mm. a couple weeks ago against the Bills that was scary. They definitely have the weapons, but something is not getting right. I have a feeling it might continue to go that way. That offensive line needs to do something. I don't care right. how inefficient efficient you are in first down runs. That doesn't necessarily change the outcome of a game, but if you can't get that going, 
you're going to have some more trouble on play action passes and right. getting Thielen and Diggs the looks that they deserve, as well as Kyle Rudolph. Right, and so they're already in a hole. It's going to be hard to climb back. From yeah, there. great division as well. George, how about you? What's your feeling on those teams? Yeah, it's never it's never good to be in a hole. Let's oh, let me you're just in a hole right anyway, now, buddy. I hate yeah. to break it out to you, but you're yeah. in the uh, fantasy porthole hey, on this podcast. <laughs> That's right, the porthole. Uh, I'm just going to go with one team. Uh, it's the Steelers. I mean, obviously, as, as a Falcons fan, I'd love for them to to make it. But if I say they don't, and they do, I'm happy. And if I say they do and they don't, okay. I'm sad. So I'm going to say they don't. So the Steelers, they're 0-2 at home. They're 1-0-1 away. Uh, and they're usually a good team. Uh, we always uh, Usually a good team at home. Um, we always talk about the Big Ben home road splits. Um, and those haven't necessarily proven true this year. He's just been playing pretty well everywhere. Um, oh. The rest of the season, the, the total def- – Total defense efficiency, strength of schedule has the Steelers as the ninth easiest rest of the way. Uh, they're going to play the Falcons, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Saints. All of those are outside the top 18 in most efficient defenses. Um, so they have uh, a fairly easy schedule, definitely on the on the top third of uh, easiest schedules left. And uh, like William said, they have all the playmakers there. I think the more they're away from the Le'Veon uh, drama and the Antonio Brown drama is gone. Juju is setting himself apart. Vance McDonald is sending people to the IR. (laughs) Team's got weapons. Um, so, yeah, I like uh, I, I certainly, I certainly see them moving forward as a top 500 playoff yeah, team from 500 to playoff team. Guys, I cannot believe right, you right. are not talking about the Patriots. You guys don't think the Patriots are the most likely no! this team, this it's year near... to make the playoffs. They're two and two right now. Yeah. No, They're going, right. uh, by the time you hear this opening though, they may be two and three yeah. if they lose to the Colts on Thursday night football, but I fully expect them to be three and two and mm-hmm. find their way into the playoffs. So they're my number one highest probability to get right. They crushed the Dolphins. Just just beat the souls out of yeah. the Dolphins. CBS uh, stopped airing it here in New York. They yeah. actually like switched over to another game, they and, were, we, and we had to go to the Sunday they ticket. They were to thoroughly watch it. defend on Sunday. Yeah. So that's my highest Ooh. probability team. The Eagles are next for me. So I hate to sound like I'm just queuing up last season stats, but I believe that those are the two most likely teams to make it. Then it's the Steelers. So the Steelers are number three most likely. I think the Browns are improving. The Bengals have improved. And the Ravens are clearly a better team. It's a very tough division this Much year. Much closer sure. to those 2012, 2013, 2014 teams right. that really competed for the top of the AFC. The Falcons and the Vikings are in trouble because the NFC is a juggernaut conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can come back. I, I like how we're just like laughing off the Bills. Guys, it's not your season. Sorry, Bills. But the <laughs> Falcons and the Vikings are where I'm really focused on can they even do that? Okay. So I was looking at that same rest of season stat you were looking at on sharp football stats george and i noticed that the only positive uh, rest of season schedule in the top tier above average for those nfc teams is the eagles and from a narrative standpoint they have the best uh story going for them they right. have Wentz back they have alshon back they have jordan matthews uh entering pseudo fantasy relevancy we've mentioned him a couple times on the show had a great long touchdown a jai's playing again with or without a full spine yeah so i think that is actually the most likely nfc team to get right and the division has some weaker play or some variance in their play with dallas and washington so i think the eagles have the best shot the falcons and the vikings they've got a big hill to climb yeah okay let's dig into our week four hits and misses and we'll start with our week four draft william spinato holy smokes at w spinato (laughs) part-time fantasy analyst i'm taking full-time draft champion look at this score i'm taking this if you ain't first your last mentality to heart here which which apparently i can either come in third place or first place only but hey i want to 
That's right, taking it down from the second spot there. I had Kamara, Barkley, Hill, Breeze, and Juju Smith-Schuster. George had Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, Pat Mahomes, and Gio Bernard. Mahomes pulling it out Monday night in that second half. But William, tell him the winning lineup that got you five points as opposed to George's two and my, ugh, zero. Uh, my lineup was Gordon and Zeke. Uh, who actually happened to also be my uh, my cash mash. Uh, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown and Deshaun Watson, who came through popping up to his ceiling once again. Yeah, uh, so, win. yeah, 128 points has me firmly in first place. And then Michael Thomas underperformed a little bit, along with uh, Drew Brees, who I talked about on Matt's team. And then uh, Odell Beckham didn't pop like you expected him to. She a lot sure of the targets not. ended up going to Sterling Shepard. They uh, sure did. He had a touchdown or two no yeah he just had one touchdown yeah. but definitely a lot of targets and, and receptions eating into uh beckham's production so hey i'm i'm your proud champion here and uh i'm looking forward to another win this week yeah uh let's go into our week four quick shots hits or misses here our cash smash first we'll up jarvis landry wide receiver 29 that's not quite a cash smash mm-hmm. calling it a miss for yours truly odell beckham at wide receiver 33 as far as the price goes no way that's a miss there and zeke elliott rb2 unequivocal uh, that was that's a, hit. a hit oh i almost called that unequivocal miss that would be wrong <laughs> speaking of unequivocal miss faded glory i said zach Ertz was one to avoid in week four couldn't be more wrong tight end three up to his old usual ways dallas goddard took a step back as well as expected so that's a miss for a fade tom brady was qb 11 but at qb2 price we talked about it off air. Yeah. It's close. George close. gets a hit there, I think. Yeah, I think I think when you fade the QB two overall, sure. and he, when he gets QB eleven, he's middle of the pack. That counts for us there. And Jordy Nelson, wide receiver sixteen. Yeah, Amari Cooper had his big day. Exactly right. what you said. You were fading, and yet. Jordy yep. Nelson still a viable starter in all formats. A little bit of the overtime game there causing the scoring to go up. I don't think it was a horrible call, but yeah, you're right. It's a miss on the fade. 80-something points scored in a game. Lots of fantasy yeah. relevancy. Absolutely. Into the floor play. That's the ugly touches. They're uh, top 24 at their position or top 12 at the quarterback, and they're not priced so. Austin Eckler, RB18. Total hit there. Still. Yeah. And Melvin Gordon producing right next to him. Really cool to see. Tevin Coleman, while Devonta Freeman's out, it's almost too easy. Yeah. Same thing with Gio Bernard. They're both filling chalk running backs. No problem playing them while they're the lead dog. Both of their workhorse backs, Joe Mixon and Devonta Freeman, expected back in week five. The ride might be over for those Mm -hmm. two for now. Both super talented, though, must say. And the moonshot. Antonio Callaway had multiple dropped end zone targets. Yeah, it was rough to watch. Beautiful from Baker Mayfield, and he just squandered it. Wide receiver 50. It seems like my moonshot call is more of a curse than anything else, but yeah, I pity the players who I pick. And two weeks from now, he's going to have a huge blow-up week, and Mm -hmm. you're going to be apoplectic. (laughs) Michael Crabtree also took a back seat to John Brown and some of the tight ends in that Ravens game. Shout out to Deshaun Uh, Jackson, though. Another 100 yards. uh, Just keeps on rolling yeah yeah i want to see how it looks in week six with mm-hmm. Jameis winston does he focus on the tight end cameron break especially with us hearing that oj howard's gonna miss some time right even with their bye week so we'll get back to that week six finishing up here trey burton that's a hit they wanted to avoid it guys they didn't want to talk about it because trey burton and taylor gabriel hit so the process yeah. actually said it was because of gabriel being beat up but there were multiple ways for trey burton to hit and we got one of yeah, them. He hit real early, too. He did. Like, yeah. first drive of the game, big yeah. 40-yard touchdown. Felt awesome. I was texting our group thread. Uh, I was going crazy. So <laughs> that is our week four wrap-up. And in our Draftaholics standings, you'll see we're all caught. Uh, we're 
all in a pack here. Yeah, we're pretty close. But uh, it was pretty much a break-even week as mm-hmm. far as the quick shot goes. The only thing I get those two shots, the moonshot hit, and, and touchdown. that touchdown. Yeah. Feels nice. Feels nice. Our one lineup to rule them all. Back to our normal ways here. Even on Tuesday afternoon, with yep. no help from your numberfire.coms, your fantasy footballers, your uh, action network, whoever you're listening to these yep. days, we were able to get you to 97% of the FanDuel cash score and 89.9. So 90% of the DraftKings cash score even with the Drew Brees, Drew Brees, I cannot say his name. You have a lot of trouble there. The Drew Brees flop. He had 8.58 points. That is atrocious for the price he paid. But everyone yeah. else did just fine and dandy. Carlos Hyde, Gio Bernard, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd. Really coming up in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Trey Burton, the moonshot hit of the week. Sterling Shepard, a bigger week than Odell Beckham. And the Chargers, mediocre, but get the job done. If you pivoted away or got one of those defensive touchdowns, yeah. uh, Green Bay was a great pivot. You're looking at a cashing score, no problem, yeah. with very, very little research there. So that's the kind of results you're used to from the Draftaholics. We give it a B grade because we're just dang hard on ourselves. Yeah. But that's the kind of research you're, you're usually going to get. The process was spot on. So with that, we're reviewed for week four, and that means second quarter time. Yeah. Week five. And just like that, week five, here we go. It is an awesome slate, although, unfortunately, we don't have Alvin Kamara or Ezekiel Elliott on the main millionaire slates, the 1 p.m., 4 p.m. games on Sunday, because they play Monday night for the Saints and Sunday night for the Cowboys against the Texans. So there's going to be some more chalky running back plays. You're going to see a boost in ownership to that lower RB1 tier, your Christian McCaffrey's, your Saquon Barkley's. But nonetheless, there are some tremendous matchups to watch. That's as a fan, as a fantasy analyst, these are the matchups we cannot wait to see this weekend. William, let's start with you. I was looking at the show sheet, and I this was my second choice. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm really excited to see the Falcons at the Steelers. You know, as we talked about earlier, I think these two teams might have a shot of making the playoffs up, up, we, up. yeah we've got to see if they have uh, a chance to do so against each other it's a unique situation i think it's gonna be another high scoring game the falcons put up uh, over 500 total yards of offense last week and and the steelers hopefully are gonna have a better week in, in terms of offense than they did against the baltimore ravens oh. at home oh. you know but it is their second week at home i think they have an opportunity to get right uh and they're facing a depleted Falcons secondary We're so gonna keep talking about yeah, it i they think they are not going to be right all year right i i think i want some pieces of this game you know in dfs whether it's paying up to get julio and ab or some cheaper guys like uh, vance mcdonald at the tight end in pittsburgh or muhammad sanu who who caught six of nine targets for 111 yards last week which makes him less touchdown dependent than calvin ridley maybe you have an opportunity to to cash in on some targets there and not pay as much ridley we were we were noticing earlier is like a whole tier above him in terms of price at the wide receiver position on on DraftKings. so yeah i'm excited to see this game I'm, I'm excited to see if one of these teams can actually pull out a win rather than just some offense right but either way it's going to be fun to uh to spend some money on them and draft from Kings a fantasy and yeah because they sure. are going to to produce yards and and uh produce points for you uh, so yeah, that's my matchup to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, as I'm sure you guys are too. Which wide receiver in Atlanta do you think goes off this week as a uh, as Atlanta homer, George Sloten? Ridley. You think it's Ridley, Ridley? I, even without you know, the volume? Even without the volume, I mean, it's like every week I think Will Fuller's not a right, not a play. What are you gonna do? What are you doing? 
picking a person on DFS that's going to get four or five catches at max. And he always right. scores a touchdown. I saw that Calvin, that Calvin Ridley touchdown. I swear, I was watching it in real time, and I did not see the ball leave Matt Ryan's hands or catch Calvin Ridley. So it was so right. fast. It was like right. he he knew he was going to him immediately, just like the Sean Watson Loxon on DeAndre Hopkins, like four yards in, those same yeah. slant routes. It was it's it's his new target. It's his new favorite. They've unlocked target. that magical like teleportation between that super speedy gadget. It, it looked like just can't, that the ball go can ahead, do. Go ahead. No, it looked like a Madden glitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. Did I, you I, guys I, hear that turn of phrase though? Deshaun Watson locks in. Sorry, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that. All right, all right. But you're exactly right. It doesn't take a lot of volume for a great receiver who's just starting to get noticed by the defensive secondaries. Hey, one mismatch is all it takes. Hey, everybody, so, here's his autograph. There you go. Really? Right. Look at that. Hey. Look at that for the fantasy porthole. That's right. Mm-hmm. Showing his value there. Thanks, Sloten. That was awesome. You're welcome. All right. So my matchup to watch this week. We'll get back to you, George. We'll let you have it. No, I don't want it. There. No, want <laughs> you're getting it, I swear. Uh, it's Monday Night Football for me, guys. Saints and Washington. They had a tremendous game last season mm-hmm. in New Orleans where they went into overtime. And the Adrian Peterson factor, if he plays, that is, yeah. is... Uh, questionable i believe at this point in the week that's a great little narrative game but on top of that these are offenses that are really cooking with gas right now alex smith not the downfield thrower we saw in kansas city but not making mistakes they are scoring with efficiency and that defensive line for washington is causing problems uh they were all over green bay in their last game in week four and i think that is the only way to really slow down new orleans is not let them get into rhythm Drew Brees is going to have a game plan to stop the blitz, to stop the defensive line pressure. I'm never concerned, but like we saw this week, a nine-point fantasy dud for Drew BBBBBs. Yeah. I mean, that could be catastrophic, and yet Alvin Kamara keeps on being the number one overall fantasy player we've ever seen this generation. Yeah. Uh, So maybe he's matchup agnostic. Fine. The rest of the game, I'm so excited for. Chris Thompson, fire him up if... Adrian Peterson misses. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that Monday night game. Okay, George, what is your matchup for week five? I can't believe I'm, I'm choosing this as my matchup for the week. Uh, I was about to say that, too. These, I can't believe you're choosing these, it either. Neither these teams really excite me, but for some reason I'm drawn to it. Uh, it's the Cardinals 49ers game. Um, I was super interested oh. to see CJ beat hard, take over for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> they made it actually, you know, I was expecting the Chargers to just destroy them. And it was a 29-27 road loss. It was very, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game coming up is a divisional showdown. I actually, well, you know, no one's fighting for the first place position in the West because the Rams right. lock it up within four games. But I actually think, call me crazy, the 49ers may have a chance to play to, to take over the second place over the Seahawks. I don't necessarily think the Seahawks are anything special Whoa. this year. And I, I I am all on board with this George Kittle madness. Um, Josh Rosen wasn't great, speaking of Cardinals, and going back to the Cardinals 49ers game. 49ers through four games have put up 100 points. Arizona's only put up 37. But the 49ers have given up 118 points, which is the most in the, in the NFC West. Um... I don't expect the Cardinals to put up 118 points, but I think they could put up a few. Like I said, George Kittle, definitely someone to watch. 
CJ uh, Beathard loves him. I hear they sleep together in a twin bed. I don't know. Oh, Unconfirmed. What is it with I'm looking. Your... I've been checking Josina Anderson's Twitter all day, and I cannot confirm that, but we will see. Um, as a Brita owner in a couple leagues, I'm happy to see his uptick in snap count percentage. Um, I think he's still a little banged yeah. up. Uh, he was out for a little bit with a shoulder injury, too. Uh, I hope he comes back essentially fully healthy. I'm not sure if he's going to be near 100% by that time. But it's a game that I'm interested to see. I'm all I'm all for Josh Rosen being successful, and I always want to see Larry Fitzgerald play well. Yeah. Huh. I really think this is an interesting matchup to see the state of the NFC West besides the Rams. Right. right. Like, we just assume that the Rams are at this place where they're at the upper echelon of the NFL, but the rest of that division, are, they could easily be playing for one playoff spot. Yeah. Right. The NFC or the NFC South, especially beating each other up to the point where they may not have the records that the rest of the division who avoids them right. has. Okay. Uh, so I kind of like that. So we might just see some sloppy football, though. Wouldn't it be I crazy? Would it be yeah. crazy if the 49ers went to the playoffs? I mean, just crazy in general, yes. But I think it'd be. I, I don't think hey, it's. I, I'm yeah. sorry. Considering I don't the state of the division, no, it's not a crazy call. Yeah. And I, we, you know, you could have easily said the NFC is too difficult in 2017. There's right. no way that Nick Foles takes this Eagles team to the Super Bowl. And yet, here we are with the Eagles. Super Bowl champions just a year ago. So right. I know I never want to say never. This George Kittle connection is real. Uh, yeah, he's just being showered with targets, as Roto World mentioned. That's right. So I do think that that's a really interesting matchup. I do think the sloppiness percentage may be higher than some games there. So yeah. William, why don't you break down our Week Five three-person draft that we did? This one was, uh, you know, we're getting that. Running back in the last round strategy, we're just queuing it up uh, like our favorite track on a playlist. Yeah, at this sure. Point. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you notice that that George and I had both taken two running backs, and right. you don't have to take one. Why? Why wouldn't you just wait until the last round? So George got the first pick again. That lucky dog. He got to take it his boy help, Alvin guys. Kamara. And Matt had the second pick, so he took Gurley, and and I had the third pick, so I took Gordon. Uh, I think this week, you know, those three guys are, are must-own, obviously. It's, it's, it should go that way in the first three picks of the draft. I did not take Gronk. Uh, so then the second... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to finish out each other's teams rather than running down the snake. George filled out his team with Christian McCaffrey, then Julio Jones... Please never say running down the snake. Running... Yeah. Oh, okay. interesting. <laughs> McCaffrey, Jones, oh, Thielen, and Matt Ryan to complete his little Jones-Ryan stack. Matt from the second slot picked uh, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Ben Roethlisberger, another stack with Antonio Brown there and uh, Ezekiel Elliott in the last round and then I I drafted from the third slot I got Barkley uh, Michael Thomas hoping to bounce back from that poor week in the Saints there uh, he is and I was finally allowed to draft Tyreek Hill again <laughs> and, and he's on the road so you know he can win my week uh, and and I always love Cam Newton at quarterback I think he's got a great chance uh, to score really well this week uh, and I wanted to kind of bite into a little bit of the Christian McCaffrey love that George is going to get so uh I think it's time that we break down our, our istics in regards to this draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, we're coming at this Monday. We did a crash course, crash research on right. all of these slates. But we can't get hyper-specific and accurate with our projections at this point. So there's going to be a little bit of research that we continue to do with this week. The first thing you said is totally correct. Start with that RB1 floor. It's very easy. You know, I know every single week with the way this Rams offensive is playing that Todd Gurley is going to start off in the RB3, 2, or 1 category, and Antonio Brown is going to be in the wide receiver 3, 2, or 1 category. So stack him with Roethlisberger. Add a healthy DeAndre Hopkins who's not dealing 
with hamstring injuries because mm-hmm. Will Fuller, who continues to catch touchdowns, will eventually not catch touchdowns, right. leading to other receivers needing more touchdowns. This guy Hopkins pretty good. He's pretty good at, at those contested catches. Finish it out with Ezekiel Elliott. We're kind of done. I, I hate to steal from heuristics here. Like yeah. I know that's yours. I no, mean, it's you're possessive good. of it. We can all but, share our heuristics. But that is going to be a median projection that I once I stat it out completely, that's just perfect. For me, it's gonna win. It's gonna be much better than last week, the runner up. And uh, you guys can hear sticks away because I'm done here. Just Yeah, leave. so I was Go really ahead. happy. Bye Matt. Step outside. <laughs> See ya. I hope he has a uh, sleep number bed, as you've spoken spoken to yeah, earlier, the strength yeah. of sleep number beds at home. George. Yeah, man. So in terms of my estics this to week, do some analysis. On yeah, that. we totally do. Yeah. Um, I was pretty happy that Melvin Gordon fell to me there at the three. I mean, not really fell. It's the first round of a three-person draft. But um, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later in my cash smash situation. I feel like Barkley is going to get a lot of usage as well. You know, it's it's. It's a nice combination when you have the floor of so many receptions in Barkley, and I really do feel like Gordon is uh, is matchup proof. Uh, then I I was finally allowed to pick my ultimate ceiling guy, who I feel like, I mean, I know it seems like I'm I'm just kind of beating a dead horse here, but Tyreek Hill is the kind of guy that can unlock a game and and completely break an entire DraftKings slate. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna want him in this in this situation. And uh, Cam Newton is quietly quietly performing. Like he should. I mean, it, it feels the like the way that you draft him in yeah, the offseason. Exactly right? right, and and I feel like we talked about him a lot uh, in our early versions of this show when we were doing some best ball drafts, where he was kind of the quarterback along with along with Drew Brees, who was kind of he was not one of those that you had to reach for by drafting in the first six rounds, but you were not sad when you uh, you kind of threw late quarterback aside and grabbed him. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm always happy to have Cam Newton on my team. And uh, I'm interested to hear what George has to say about his his little team here on, on draft. For those What's at, the story? For those at home that don't know the game of football, there's 100 yards. They're like little dashes between every three feet, and that's called a yard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so there's some players that are known to do really well between like the 20 and the 20, which would mean 20 yards away from each goal line. And then there are players that are really good within the 20 yards of what we call the end zone, which is where the team actually scores six points. Julio Jones doesn't like scoring six-point touchdowns, and it's <laughs> not, thing about it's it, not yeah. his fault. It's not. I don't know what his fault is, but he's somebody who is so talented and gets so many yards and catches and targets on a high-flying offense. Matt Ryan is the QB2 through four weeks. Guys, wow. Julio cannot find the end zone. This is the week. You always... Right. you When you go to a roulette table in Vegas or Lake City, wherever, and you see that the last 12 numbers were black, you're like, ah, oh, it's got to be red. I'm betting red. And it's black again. I know the gambler's fallacy says it, it doesn't have to, but... Oh, it feels like you're That's right. what you feel yeah. it, okay? There, he's had three touchdowns in the last twenty games, guys. He had Holy one that sucks. one crazy week last week with like last year with like two touchdowns and two hundred and fifty yards. He had one touchdown one other week and no touchdowns for the rest of the season, guys. It is time. It has to break. Julio and Matt Ryan stack of the is week. He, is All he right. becoming like the the rich man's Amari Cooper? Uh, God, no. Because Amari that, Cooper is nowhere near as good. It feels weird, but there are definitely Julio, comparisons. Who, is that no, it is, that yeah. is rude. It's like we've no. seen the big games, That's, but we can't possibly bet ugh. on it. Like, I never thought I would say that about Julio Jones, but it's kind of becoming a thing. Guys, yeah. Julio Jones is that guy that catches the 55-yard Hail Mary that ends at the five-yard line to end the game. 
yesterday or on Sunday. So, right. and, and in regards to the rest of my team, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, they're target monsters. They run, they catch the ball, they get 30 touches a game. Adam Thielen against the Eagles secondary, you know, I'll leave the heuristics and logistics to y'all, but the story of this week is Julio and Matt Ryan. It has got to land. Julio, yeah. I'm calling out to you, buddy. All right, so the stack of Julio and Matt Ryan going to lead George to that victory, that first victory, week five. I, I really believe it. And Alvin Kamara, of course, and CMC could be cash smash plays for all three of us yeah, for every sure. week. So, All right, George, I do have one question about your story this week. You started off with What's Alvin up? Kamara, and guess who comes back off suspension? Mark yeah, Ingram. Are you worried? Like Jonathan Williams? Yeah. <laughs> who is it? Yeah, he's being re-signed. <laughs> Mike Gillisley? Yeah, exactly. He's the next Ingram. But yeah, he comes off suspension. Yes. What do you expect? So, Matt, didn't you have both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara on your team yeah. last year? It was a joy. <laughs> did you did you win or lose our league of record? Uh, you're looking at the champion. And you're not you you are looking at three people right now, but yes, you looking at Matt. If you're, you're looking, looking at Matt at, only, you're and at you're me. you're looking at the champ. And but if you're if you're listening, <laughs> you're listening to Matt speaking when Will and I don't speak. <laughs> uh, that being said, don't care. Fire him All up. All right. They're both good to go. And I think they kind of Amen. go right from where they left off uh, yeah. at the end of last season where they were both playable, startable. Yeah, the, the, week. the the only – I don't know if this is – I'm not sure what the statistics on this. Matt can probably help me with this. But I bet you the people that it affects most are the Ben Watsons, the Michael Thomases, the Traquan Smiths, the Cameron Merediths. Yeah, we might see I'd, – I'd worry more about the ancillary pieces than someone like Michael Thomas. But, yeah, I – Mm-hmm. I, I agree, yeah. Just the distribution is going to be less consolidated. Yeah, I mean I mean they played a lot of RB they played two Absolutely. RBs. Both of them on uh, the field for sure. You know, they played they had we had we saw Brita and Morrison a, a bit mm-hmm. last week. We you know, we see two RBs. The all Lions time. have been putting in three running backs in their formations, putting both Blunt and Carry on in the backfield and then throwing Theo out wide. Mm-hmm. It's like what are wide which receivers? Which is weird because they, have they three had which is weird. wide receivers at the same time. People are people are switching it up and the Saints rely on these guys. Both of them. If they if they did four RBs, would they just take away their center or like have a running back hike the ball yeah, to a running back? They don't like have a well. That's how they lined up a tackle. We'll you, see it. It's like it's like. Do you remember that? Do you remember that Michigan that Michigan play where it was like twelve men or eleven men lined up one behind yeah. the other for. That's exactly. what it is. Just yeah, or like uh, the Ravens used Lamar Jackson last night. You could pretty much bet when he yeah. was in there as a quarterback, he was actually going to act more like a running back. They, and, and they are building up for something yeah. because he's going to drop back and he's going to toss a bomb right. to I John think, yeah. Brown right, right before our eyes. I can't I say love it's it. this week, but it's yeah. going to happen. Exactly. They're building the film. That. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They're, They're building, building Yeah, exactly. All right. So with that, we are into the things that the Draftaholics do best. It's the thing where we bring out an air basketball for no apparent reason. Thank you, Will. Oh, look at that crossover. Even with the bum finger, he shoots and he scores. Thank you very much. It's the Draftaholics Quick Shots, guys. This is where we break down our favorite and least favorite plays of the weekend. We start off with our cash smash. This is if you were playing just a few lineups in DFS, you could have this player in every single one. He is worth the price. He is going to be number one, uh, a number one type at his position. William, start us off. Cash smash. It's too easy this week. It is a little bit too yeah. easy, and I'm so you know I'm happy. I, I, I'm happy I got him in our in our draft as well. My cash smash is Melvin Gordon. He's going up against the Raiders, who rank fifth in combined line yards, which is an interesting stat that kind of puts together the average line yards for the uh, adjusted offensive line, line a, adjusted yards. line yards for the offensive line versus the opposing defensive line. It shows that uh, the Chargers should be able to get some push for Melvin. Uh, it's going to be another high scoring game. Uh, 
they they are the second highest over under this week, second to uh, the Falcons and Steelers game. He's not game skirt dependent, Melvin Gordon. Even though Eckler is ascending in uh, in the pass catching running back area, he still has 34 targets to Austin Eckler's 14. And even in the red zone, Whoa. Melvin has nine. Eckler has three. Wow. They're both performing, but Melvin is catching the ball more. So he is completely matchup proof. He's going to score you. 25 points minimum, I'll call it. Uh, he's cheaper than Gurley. Kamara isn't on the slate. I feel like you have to have either Gurley or Gordon in your lineup this or week. Or both. Yeah, or both. Yeah, so if, you, if you're choosing between Gurley the second and Melvin the third, give me Melvin the third. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it real short and simple. Todd Gurley, we just saw them play each other, Gurley and Gordon. And until further notice, RB1s every single week. Cue it up. The Rams offense is tremendous. Tops and yards, touchdowns, points. The highest consolidation of uh, uh, three people having the most amount of targets and air yards. Talk about efficiency. It's awesome to see Jared Goff playing so well. And the running back is in a position to have quality touches every single game. And Mm -hmm. that player, Todd Gurley, is tremendous. Yep. End of story. Cash smash. I've used him up for the the one time I can use him this year. And Hmm. that's that. George, get even chalkier. Let's go. Yeah, let me read you some stats from some wide receivers. Uh, 15 receptions for 124 yards. 14 receptions for 102 yards. Oh, wait, I'm getting a note. Oh, those were running backs against the Falcons. Mm. Wow, fire up your James Conner. He's had five receptions every week, except for last week where he had three uh, with a weird negative. I don't know, the Ravens game was weird. weird. But uh, Geo just had two touchdowns against them. The word on the street is the Falcons cannot stop running backs getting receptions. James Conner may break 10 receptions this week and not to mention another 15 touches on the ground uh cash smash fire i like it i like the call and the time for him to prove himself is uh, apparently short. we're just hearing this week that it looks like week seven Le'Veon bell coming back from that holdout we'll see what happens there there's still so much up in the air but hey rumors still swirling yeah right now week yeah can i let me let me show, let me throw a question out to both of y'all. A, a side sure. note: Let's say James Conner continues playing the way he is, ex- ex- excluding Week Four, where he's a very solid play um, and, a, and a good player. Um, if he continues and stays as healthy as he is, do we see a running back by committee starting Week very Eight? Very concerned about it. Yeah. I'm very concerned that what they do, even just out of spite, is say, you know what, we were going to run you into the ground, Le'Veon, but yeah. instead we're just not going to play you. Yeah. We're going to lower your value by saying you're not that important. We have no idea what to do. But expect. I'm not sure. Like, I'm really not sure. You might just, like, get a player like Lev Bell back in the building and just be like, hey, hey, buddy. You know, as Antonio Brown, they consider him family. At least a couple weeks ago, they considered him family. And uh, they might just welcome him back into, back into the fold. Yeah. And him and his evaded touches, evaded tackles per touch. I can speak. I promise. Uh, we'll be right back into the Steelers' backfield. But we can't really bet on it. We certainly can't bet on it in week five. James Conner, catch, smash. I want to go right back to you george because even chalkier than what you just said is a very odd faded glory but one i want to hear your response to why yeah i'm gonna fade saquon Mm. barkley against the panthers the panthers had a week off they uh apparently a lot of the team went to uh the bahamas they're really relaxed they all got nice massages what kind of beds are they sleeping in no pictures from boats though right 
Sleep number, no beds. Sleep number beds, Williams, Toronto, <laughs> two ends, one T. Uh, the Ca- Carolina is 10th in points allowed to the running back position. Uh, they both, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Panthers defense held Ezekiel Elliott and Gio Bernard to under 80 rushing yards in weeks one and three, respectively. The Giants' offense was inefficient, to say the least. Uh, yesterday, week four, only one touchdown was scored for Mr. Saquon Barkley. Uh, he had an amazing over-the-pile over jump, but... It, it was weird. The Giants really didn't cross the 50-yard line very often. It was like they were allergic to it. Um, Saquon did uh, have... Um, excuse me. He, he gets a very nice floor with passing work. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I But I think the Panthers are going to scheme, uh, scheme for Saquon Barkley and will put the ball in Eli's hands. I think they want to see Eli make those tough throws. Um, He's throwing it to Barkley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is throwing it to Barkley, and I think that Saquon still may have six or seven, six or seven receptions for seventy yards. But I don't see him getting in the end zone this week, and I don't see him getting a hundred yards combined okay. this week. Interesting. I think that is very, uh, very good advice, especially if you're playing in DFS. He's going to be so highly owned. Right. A big fade call like that can actually be very beneficial. I'm going to go with Golden Tate here. He had a beautiful yeah. touchdown just waltzed into the end zone yeah. he tends to have these classic golden tate yeah yak touchdowns yeah. where he like backflips sure in. i mean just so much like stefan diggs level swag yeah. looking with. like the best player on the field as he's doing and it's amazing but i want to say that this is not going to be his week for week five and i i'm kind of going against some of the stats i'm looking at dboa actually seems like it would favor a golden tate matchup this week when they play green bay but i am really impressed with the green bay defensive backfield cornerbacks josh jackson as well as jari alexander were added to the fold from the draft and they've got they've got a healthier core this week coming up than they've had in the several weeks leading up to it now they didn't have a tough test against the bills at all kelvin benjamin didn't even play the full game he was forced to miss time but i really think that this is a this is a test game this is one of those games where we're going to see is the green bay uh investment in that quarterback position worth it because galladay and jones and tate are coming i think they focus on tate first they shut him down force those running backs and the two other receivers, Jones and Galladay, to beat them with big targets, deep targets. So no tape for me this week. I totally get if you disagree with me, however. Uh, I like it, especially with the way that they're using uh, carry-on. I I feel like they're maybe ticking away at the ability to have three performing wide receivers. The low A-dot targets moving away from Tate some weeks. Sure. Uh, my fade this week is Kareem Hunt. First of all, I want to point out that the Chiefs are all kind of priced down a little bit this week facing the Jags. Uh, right. Mahomes is the seventh most expensive yeah. quarterback. Tyreek is the 12th most expensive wide receiver. So I think there's some value there in those guys specifically. But but somebody that I'm not going to play either way is Kareem. Uh, I feel like he has totally lost his floor that he had in the past with pass catching. If you guess how many targets he catch he he's had so far this year, you will be shocked to hear that it's only been it's three as, many as hosts. Yeah, on the draft holics. Yeah, exactly. It's three targets. So if he's only being used in the run game against Jacksonville, who's seventh in DVOA against the run, I don't think he's going to be able to get things started like he has to in order to have one of those big productive weeks. He's going to be completely touchdown dependent, and I think those touchdowns are going to come going to come via deep balls to Tyree Kill. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested in in the goal line 
uh, hope uh, in this in this game, which is all you can really expect Two from Kareem. last week. Right, yep. yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that you can expect that out of him, so he's my fave this week. He's not super expensive, but I don't. I think he's actually going to perform so poorly yardage-wise that if he doesn't get the touchdowns as well, it's going to be a complete flop. Now, just so if you're, it's your first time listening, you understand DVOA. That stands for right. Defensive Value Over Average. It's from Football Outsiders. Amazing Outsiders.com. Yeah. It basically compares the production or the lack of production on any given play, a down distance score differential, and compares it to the rest of the league on that type of play. Right. So it, it's actually, and I actually, from what I heard, it's the, it's pronounced the same in French as devoir. Ah. Oh. That's now, interesting. We'll start referring to it go, that way and confuse our our listeners even more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. versus the paw running back? I, I gotta move no, on. Okay. I've gotta go. lose it. Okay, here we go. After Faded Glory, it's the floor play. We sometimes call it ugly touches. This is a player that's not necessarily priced correctly in the sense that they may not have that weak winning upside, although they have a shot. But we feel like they provide a way to give you just value so that you can use your salary elsewhere and right. they're going to be fine. Austin Eckler is such a great choice. I hate to toot my own horn too much, but he's nowhere near RB18 in price. Finishing RB18, that's the kind of value for floor play. Right. So I'll start us off. It's probably TJ Yeldon. I know Leonard Fournette may be available and in which case I would kind of slide him in if healthy, at least in DFS. Still nervous season-long owners, but I think that TJ Yeldon, despite his price being pretty darn high, he's in the top 24, he's going to be worth it against a Chiefs team that will score some points. This will not be a typical Jaguars score. Uh, I think that both teams are going to be needing touchdowns, and I think that chunk yardage through the ground and passes to the running backs are going to be the one of the ways that they try to exploit the Jaguars. Kendall Fuller... Kendall Fuller, excuse me, is the quarterback for the Chiefs, who they acquired with the Washington team uh, for Alex Smith this January. And he's actually been the most productive cornerback, the best cornerback for the Chiefs. So I think that stops Keelan Cole from getting some of his low average depth of target targets, which frees up the TJ Yeldon zone. May see some Austin Safarian Jenkins as well. Short targets are going to be the way that they try to attack. TJ Yeldon lines up perfectly, plus that rushing floor. There is my floor play. So, George, how about you? I don't usually like choosing a tight end as a floor play. He, tight end. Um, he really does. Especially, I'm not a tight end guy, and uh, I'll, I'll leave that aside. I really thought Njoku was the, was the savior this year, and he still may be. But the floor play uh, is Zach Ertz for me. He's had at least five receptions every week. Uh, and two of the last three weeks, he's had over 10 receptions. Last week, uh, yesterday, he had 10 receptions wow. for 112 yards. Three games ago, he had 11 receptions for 94 yards. And smack in between the two was uh, or five, game, five receptions for 73 yards. The Vikings are known for their defense um, and with guys of like you know Harrison Smith. Uh, so I will expect a lower production for those like Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Matthews. Um, but the Vikings' D is middle of the pack for the tight end. They're the 15th. Uh, 15th best in uh, in tight end uh, defense, or uh, defense against tight ends. Jimmy Graham had six receptions for almost 100 yards in week two against the Vikings. Mm -hmm. George Kittle put up that, that wow, George Kittle, he's the new tight end. One per performance with five receptions for 90 yards week one. Um, my money's on Zach Ertz. Every week, every year I say I don't need to draft Zach Ertz. I don't need to draft, draft Kelsey um, or one of those t top tier uh, tight ends, but he is 
one you can always trust on uh, and trust. And it's going to be Zach Ertz this week. Yeah, I just that's I really like that he moved from our faded glory. He proved a bad matchup did not matter at all. And now we're just like, yeah, cue him up. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, just put him in the yeah. cash mass floor play. He, he proves us wrong. Yeah, why not? I agree. Uh, speaking of a return to uh, relevancy for the draftaholics, who you got here? I see a familiar name. Yeah, my floor play is uh, Mr. David Johnson. You might have heard of have heard of him in the last couple of years, but this year it's been it's been hard to be a David Johnson fan. Last week though, mm-hmm. he finally got what he needed: twenty five touches. He had, Ooh. I believe, twenty carries and and five receptions. It means we can finally hope for David Johnson like involvement uh, in Week Five against the what the 49ers. you drafted him for yeah, exactly. in season long leagues. The 49ers yeah. rank 25th in DVOA against uh, against the run, and they give up points to the running back through the air, where we know David Johnson can be dynamic. I, there was a on Monday night he played. They played the Bears, I believe, uh, in Week Three, and there was a play where he completely juked out three Bears uh, defensive players. It was. It's ridiculous. He can do, make stuff happen in open space, so that's where we're going to see some opportunity for him. Do we trust Arizona to give him the targets again? I don't know. Maybe not. But the price on DraftKings is only 6500 12% of your budget. If you want to pay up for maybe, I don't know, maybe Gurley and uh, and Gordon, then you can slip David Johnson in your flex. I feel like wow. you're really set at running back with, with a floor like that in your flex play. Um, I think David Johnson with 20 touches minimum, that's what I'm going to call this week, that's that's a floor play. That's someone who can also explode. But you it know, also says something to how we're feeling about David Johnson, even just a few weeks in. Right. We wouldn't even allow you to put him as a floor play. He would be cash totally match not. only at the beginning of the year. Exactly. But it's at a this bit point, more variance. yes. And and now that the usage has changed again, like that was the worry was that he was not being used in the receiving game. He was only running up the middle. He wasn't getting that minimum touches that you need for an electric player like David Johnson. When he has more than 20 touches, he performs in fantasy. He's going to have a floor this week. Mm-hmm. You you were talking about his usage, right? His Kyle usage? His Kyle usage. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. They're both going to share the field right. on Sunday. <laughs> so David Johnson, the redemption tour really starts its way up. He'll be a cash smash in no time. The floor play for Mr. W. Spinato. So we move on to our moonshot. That's the pick that we believe is going to have the breakout week. We picked a perfect one with Trey Burton last week. Put him in our one lineup to rule them all and gave me some draftaholics quick shot points there as well. I'm going to start off with Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti! Okay, guys. He was the one nice. who came in for Will Fuller when his hamstring got hurt. We're just seeing on Roto World blurbs that it wasn't just precautionary that they kept Will Fuller out. They are concerned about him re-injuring and re-injuring that hamstring over and over. In steps Kiki Kuti with Bruce Ellington on IR and DeAndre Hopkins soaking up all of the defensive back's concern. It's the rookie's time. Yeah. Uh, he was drafted in the middle rounds. He was picked to have immediate impact. And I believe that he will get a large percentage of short area targets that Watson typically throws well. I saw that he received almost 70, more than 70% of the negative air yards targets. Those are forward passes that don't reach the line of scrimmage because of the quarterback was even further back than that. Obviously, those get caught at a much higher percentage than 50%. Yeah. So great for your PPR folks. And he was able to take it, you know, a huge, get a huge gain out of a few of them. You just takes one play, one touchdown, one overcompensation towards DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. And Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti. <laughs> 
scores your moonshot CD and gets you a quick shot. You know, I really like the way you're saying this, but I I have heard some people say Kiki Cutie before, so I don't don't even care if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be it can be a draftaholics thing. We'll we'll look it up and get his name (laughs) right. But I I had too much fun. So it's a it's a it's a moonshot TD for Kiki. (laughs) See, a moonshot Cootie, Cootie T. (laughs) Who's your moonshot, George? It's Kiki. Oh really? No, Jinx. My my moonshot is a combination of Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez Escantling. Yeah, Geronimo Allison left with rece- a concussion. Yes, right. So if he's out, he you're sure switch. did. He so so Geronimo is with a concussion uh, for week four. Um, I hope he makes it through the protocol. Randall Cobb has a hammy injury. Uh, injury. We learned today on Monday that Randall Cobb was actually nowhere near suiting up. Um, and that kept him out for week four, and it doesn't sound promising for his week five status. Uh, Geronimo had 11 targets through three quarters yesterday. Six catches, 80 yards. Uh, the Lions defense is good, but don't forget uh, week one against the Jets. Inunua had six catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. Um, they're susceptible. Absolutely. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, it's, it's acceptable. But they're two names that actually are, are, are distantly associated with yet still associated with Geronimo and, and MVS, and that's Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. The fact that Aaron Jones is back, I think, is a huge uh, boost to Geronimo because you now have to respect the run game. I don't think people respected Jamal Williams. I don't think people necessarily respect Ty Montgomery, especially as a workhorse back. He's obviously that, that third down I running agree. back, uh, pass-catching back. Yep, but Aaron Jones, he's showing himself already with a touchdown and good usage the first week. Uh, I, only th- I only think that will rise, and as that rises, people will respect the run game. Uh, scheme for that, and I think people like Geronimo will become more open. Hey, I really like that call. And Marquez Valdez Scantling, the first of three wide receivers drafted in the 2018 draft. We keep talking about the whole yeah. Green Bay Packers draft class here on the Draft Holics Week 5 episode here, but I believe that either can really have a breakout game. Uh, although Geronimo Allison had a few great catches last week against yeah. the Bills. So uh, if he's healthy, I think you fire him up. He's a great moonshot and a great DFS pivot from Devontae Adams. Yeah, sure. Finish us here with the final moonshot, William. My moonshot is a is a homer pick in uh, Mr. Buck Allen. The Browns are 31st in DVOA against pass-catching running backs or Dua-Va against... Dua. Devoir, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, so we, you ready? Wait, wait. Let me let me let's all let's practice a yeah. You ready? Devoir. Yes, they're thirty first in Devoir against pass catching running backs. Uh, and we know the Browns can give up points <laughs> over the middle. It's usually a safe bet to play a tight end against the Browns, but uh, the Ravens have fifteen tight ends with the return of uh, Hayden Hurst this week, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to throw some money on one of them. And uh, in terms of pass catching running backs. Buck Allen has caught 21 passes so far this year. Alex Collins only has 10. So it feels like there's only one option there, or maybe like a little bit more. But you can you can definitely hey, bet a little hurt. bit on Buck Allen. What were you saying, George? It doesn't it doesn't hurt that uh, Alex Collins missed drop fumble on the goal exactly. line. That's exactly. That's exactly what I was going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, they trust Buck Allen. Can't have that. And he's it actually has happened once before this year. And my mom texted me this morning, asked me if I watched the game. Hardcore Ravens yeah, fan. Exactly. Yeah. We, she flew us to London last year to see them get destroyed by Jacksonville. But anyway. Uh, she was like, Alex Collins is in trouble. So if my mom is saying that, you know it's Buck Allen week. You know, in, in the red zone, in the red zone, Alex Collins has had some more targets. He's had four to Bucks two. But if he can't hold on to the ball, 
I think it's going to be a buck week for sure. I love that story. Yeah. Miss Spinato yeah. is off of Alex Collins. She is off of Alex Collins. She doesn't. Alex she doesn't care about his Irish dancing. She nope. is. She's saying it's an issue. The entire city of Baltimore is worried about Alex Collins holding on to the ball. You know, do not. Don't worry about Justin Tucker though. He still can make a lot oh of. He's a beast. That right leg is something golden. Else. Yeah. Uh, Aw, Tuck Maddox. One of the best players in the NFL at what he does. Period. One of the best players in the NFL. Period. Yeah, I sure. Shouldn't even make that qualification. Those are your draftaholics quick shots. Those are the best plays of the week. The fades that will help you avoid the trap plays and the trap salaries, guys. This is the way that you take down week five. We got one more great thing for you. The one lineup to rule them all. Hey. All right. All right. So we are giving you a little bit of bonus content. It's hey. one lineup to rule them all. But we could not decide <laughs> on these two very different lineups. So we're giving you one FanDuel lineup, one DraftKings lineup, DraftKings lineup, excuse me there. So I'll start us off here with the FanDuel favorite lineup. This is a little bit more of a tournament play, but I love this take here. So we start with three, three, How many? you heard it, wide receivers from the Rams, three. <laughs> Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. That in itself is a little bit of a fade on Todd Gurley. And then we run it back. That means we use a player from their opponent in the same lineup with Russell Wilson, the quarterback playing for the Seahawks, of course. That's the defense going against the Rams this week. Then we're extremely chalky. A lot of high ownership running backs here. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. And this is the matchup play. I usually like the fade matchups, but I do think Carrion Johnson sees more playing time, more opportunity. It keeps going up and up. This guy could be a star. So I'm going to play him until his salary increases to that RB1 level. I feel like against the Packers, he has a great chance to blow up. Vance McDonald is the budget tight end and the Tennessee Titans against the Bills. So if you are on YouTube, you can actually see the percentages for each of those players, but you'll see that we came up with 99.3% of our total budget there on FanDuel, really using up just about everything there. We like to be over 99%. That is the best there. Mm -hmm. But William, I want to hear the more cash. Yeah, it's a little bit more cash oriented. Uh, lineup yeah. oriented yeah. for and DraftKings. Plus, we can't afford that lineup that... Uh, that Matt just mentioned on DraftKings, oh, it's 106 percent yeah. of the salary, and and if you kind of want to pivot again away from all three Rams like that, uh, I feel like there's some more opportunity uh, in this here DraftKings lineup. Uh, our quarterback is Blake Bortles, who I feel like is an interesting floor play. You can't really choose which of the wide receivers to bet on, but Bortles is definitely going to spread it around, definitely going to score through the He's air. Going to have to score. Yeah, and then in our running back slots, we were able to slip in Gurley and Gordon, Boom. the second and Woo. the third respectively, and in our flex, we we got who Matt just talked about in Carry On Johnson. So I really feel good about our running backs there. We were able to go a little cheaper on the wide receivers to afford those two guys at running back. We're going to we're gonna bet on Doug Baldwin's return last week being a little bit of an underperformance and him sk uh, popping back up to that wide receiver one uh, position going against... We want the uh, fantasy points going, being the only thing that pops. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, totally. But going against the Rams, like Matt was talking about in the other lineup, I feel like it's a really good play. Uh, Sterling Shepard is is still affordable without Ingram. He's he's a really good option in the Giants. Um, you know, since George is fading Saquon Barkley, I what? mean, obviously we should play uh, Sterling Shepard. And then the, our last wide receiver who I really like this play is Mohamed 
Sanu. I feel like he has the actual receptions and targets to score more consistently than someone like Calvin Ridley. It's a little bit of a fade on him there. We plugged in Jared Cook at tight end, a little more expensive than Vance McDonald in that, that other lineup, but the usage is so strong. We like that pick. And then we've got the Jets defense who have been playing really well. They're on the cheaper side, but I'm we were able to afford it. It is a little scary. You know, the defense was, was not pretty to pick from this year. I feel like it might be smarter to uh, to save some money for your defense this week. Uh, you know, we kind of learned that as we were going through, and it might be some tinkering that we do ourselves. As we've talked about often, this is an early look at our one lineup to rule and all. There should be some tink- tinkering that you do, and it might be at defense here this week. Yeah. Uh, thank you for breaking that down, Will. And that gets us over 99% of our full salary there on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. George. Uh, I want your opinion. If you're playing one of these two lineups, the FanDuel Triple Ram one or the DraftKings Gurley Gordon carry-on stack, mm. which one do you prefer? Man, I would have loved the Rams one had we played JoJo Nats and Josh Reynolds and Kaderil Hodge. What? Right, okay. Just were all we, in. Did we not talk about that? I thought those were the three wide receivers we were playing from the Rams. You know, I did get that email from you early this morning, but I don't think it got into our final show I, notes I here. I somehow missed that memo. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I'd probably say I like the Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon one, um, mostly for the ancillary pieces. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see... Uh, I don't, I'm not excited to see. I, I like that lineup. I like Sanu. I like Shepard. I like a, a sneaky Baldwin after having, um, as y'all said, a, 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 a welcome back week where he was slowly coming in. Jared Cook is weirdly a very good tight end all of a sudden. Um, and Matt, as you mm-hmm. said, he yeah. on's going to be running back one uh, cost in probably a couple weeks. I'm sure we'll see him over 7,000 or 7,500 soon, on depending on your site. Um, so I like that. Yeah, so buy yeah. Him now. Um, I'm, yeah, he's cheaper on draft right. as well. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I, I think I think three wide receivers is just one too many. I can buy the Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green stack last week against a terrible Falcons defense, um, but three may be one too much, especially since Kaderil Hodge isn't in there. I don't. What, George? I think I we need to it. change your mood yeah. shot this week, George. Yeah, that's it right there. Ah, the draftaholics going deep, deep, deep <laughs> with their moonshot picks in week five, folks. It has been another great episode of the draftaholics. Thanks so much for checking us out. That was two lineups to rule them all. It doesn't matter which site you prefer. That full PPR of DraftKings or the FanDuel half PPR style. It's been awesome to break down this slate. Again, we're getting this information early in the week. Mesh that with all of the famous uh, adjudicators, fantasy analysts that you know and love, and then you will find a great set of players to make up your player pool to take down that million-dollar contest. Yeah, make some money. Let's do it. Week five, we will see you soon. We will be on to week six before you know it. Again, no Chicago, no Tampa Bay this weekend. I am your host, Matt Savoka, at Draftaholic on Twitter. Look to the fantasy porthole. Hi, at George Sloten. Hey, side note, side <laughs> note, go Braves. I can't say that in October very often. So the Braves are starting yeah, this weekend. Let's do the, it. Uh, the playoffs. Yeah, happy for your Braves in that uh, that that weird sport that they use a That's club right. for. Oh, man. <laughs> and who we got across. I'm William Spinato at W Spinato on Twitter with two N's and just one T. Hey, thanks so much for checking us out. You can always check out Twitter or Instagram at Draftaholics Pod. That's where we hang out, guys. Thanks very much. Enjoy week five. And remember, you're only as good as your last, last 
pick. Deuces. Bye, guys. <laughs>